Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. What's up guys and welcome back to a, a macro monday live i have hope here with me today which a lot of you have been asking me where's hope how is she doing she is getting so big now um yeah such a big girl last time i think she was on my live she was probably three pounds and now she's like six pounds or so like twice her size she's got a little belly on her now too um, but guys, if you happen to miss today's live, which is going to be on calories versus macros, I am recording for Beyond the Bikini Radio, uh, which is my podcast. If you guys are wanting to get more information on my podcast, you can find that link in my Instagram bio and it will shoot you over um, to Beyond the Bikini Radio, which you can listen on the Anchor app and you can also listen to it on iTunes. But I wanted to touch upon the topic of calories versus macros because I get a lot of questions in regards to which one is better um, and just the difference between the two and kind of my thoughts on it. Um, I am seeing some of my clients log on. What's up, Carla? We have Jessica here. We have Crystal. How are you guys doing? Again, if you guys have um, questions with today's topic or just nutrition in general, Feel free to ask them. I do these lives to help you guys out um, and give you a little bit more clarity there. So I'm going to take a little bit of a sip here. We are drinking these Kirkland sparkling waters. Trying to get away from drinking so much soda, but sparkling water has been my go-to for my cravings, which yes, I'm a human and I have cravings. I want to ask you guys, who has tracked macros before? If you have, let me know by doing the girl raising her hand emoji, like, what's up? That's been me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I track my macros. I've been tracking my macros since 2014 is when I started tracking my macros. So, like, five years, not consistently for five years because there's been times where I've taken a break from tracking them, but yes, I've been tracking my macros for quite some time. Um, why do I track my macros is it helps hold me accountable and it shows me what is fueling my body for the day. So the difference between macros versus calories is macros make up calories. If you are tracking macros, those totals for your grams of carbs, proteins, and fats equals calories. It's simple math. So I'm going to break that down for you. If Okay. When you're tracking macros, you're given your amounts to hit in grams. Per gram, those variables, protein, carbs, and fats, have calories. So one gram of carbohydrates equals four calories. One gram of protein equals four calories. And one gram of fat equals nine calories. So Fat is the most calorically dense macro with proteins and carbs being the same. There's also alcohol in there, which I'm not going to get into in today's live. But when you do the math, 
So for example, let's say we had 10 grams of protein in a snack, which that would be a really small snack. 10 times four equals 40 calories. Okay. And you could break that down. So when you are looking at a nutrition label, you can do the math. If something has 10 grams of protein, 10 grams of carbs, and zero fat, it should equal 80 calories. Okay. So you'll look at nutrition labels and sometimes they don't necessarily um, match up perfectly. And again, this deals with FDA uh, nutrition labeling errors. Your nutrition label is allowed to round up or round down. So if something is like 23 calories, it looks more appealing to the eye for it to be 25 calories. Or if something has technically 3.5 grams of protein in it, they can round up to four grams of protein in it for it to be more marketable and more appealing to the eye. Do some like think like critical thinking too. If a certain food is marketed as diet food, they tend to round down. So you'll see like sugar-free jellos, we'll say zero calories. Um, sometimes like things like mustard will say zero calories when in reality they have five calories, um, but they can technically round down as long as it's less than five. Uh, the other thing too is with nutrition labels is they don't have to take into account fiber or sometimes they'll subtract fiber. So they just get a little bit weird there. They're allowed to do it. But when it comes down to macro tracking, I just recommend that you look strictly at your protein, carbs, and fats. You don't look at the total calories because those labels, again, can be off um, and not, and it can just confuse you if you're doing the math and they don't add up perfectly. So... I am going to say hi to some people who are logging on, like Taylor's here. Who else is here? All right. I think we're getting some questions too. Hey, Jules, I haven't seen you in a while. What's going on, girl? Do I track my fiber? Yes, I do track my fiber. So my goal for fiber is I try to hit at least 25 grams, upwards of 35 grams of fiber. If I get less than that, I find that I get a bit constipated. So fiber is good and you can get fiber from uh, veggies and whole grains, uh, fruit with the skin on it, fruit with the skin on it. Avocado has a lot of fiber in it. Um, nuts with the skin on it as well. That's a great way to get your fiber. Okay. Do you plan your meals before the day or track as you go? So if you are a beginner, I recommend that you plan your day prior because if you start your day and you're not super sharp on macros, you're kind of setting yourself up for a stressful day. Um, that's when I say you're playing macro Jenga when you are trying to figure out, oh my gosh, like what numbers can I use to like zero out my macros for the day, or I don't know what's going to be like 10 grams of carbs and like two fat and five protein. These are super weird numbers. I'm stressed out. No, no, no. Okay. Plan your day the night prior or even the morning when you wake up and think about what you really want for the day. It's going to get easier as time goes. So for me personally, I kind of track as my day goes, but I have my food staples that I know help me hit my numbers. And what I mean by that is foods that I know I enjoy that I like to eat on a regular basis. So um, that's going to look like cauliflower. I like green beans. I like egg whites a lot. Sometimes chicken or white fish is a good one for me. 
I do like almonds on occasion. I eat whole eggs. I eat um, hummus a lot. So those are like foods that I tend to enjoy um, that are in the back of my head that I know can easily help me hit my numbers for the day. But everyone's going to be different. It doesn't matter your eating style. You could be vegetarian, vegan. You could eat keto. You could eat paleo. You can still track your macros. Okay, so it's not a quote-unquote fad diet. It's just a way to track your intake. Okay, let's see. What else? Hey, I love your live videos. I've just started to cut and drop my calories to 400 a day. Is that too low? Yes. Wait, did you just drop your calories 400 calories a day or are you only eating 400 calories a day? Because if you're only eating 400 calories a day, I'm a bit concerned for you. You need to eat more, like a lot more for sure. Okay. So what is more advanced? I think if you are starting with tracking or wanting to get started with tracking macros, you simply just need to download a tracking app. I use my fitness pal. It's hundred percent free. It's very user-friendly little scanning labels like this on my bottle. You can scan. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that you're not eating 400 calories a day. Like ew, <laughs> that had me concerned. You can scan labels like this and it will pop up on my fitness pal. You just hit the check mark. It's super easy to track. Again, two of my fitness pals, it memorizes foods that you like to eat a lot and the exact portion sizes as well. So that's really nice. Um, for beginners, don't look at macros. Just get in the habit of tracking. Just download the app and start tracking your intake for at least two weeks and kind of get into the rhythm of tracking and holding yourself accountable each and every day. Because if you start with just macros right off the bat, you're going to get overwhelmed. And you're going to have a learning curve process. Um, that's why with my clients, I provide them with two macro eBooks to help them on understanding what macros are and also how to create their own meal plan from their macros. And I'm there to guide them through that two week learning curve period where your macros are not going to be perfect, honestly, when you first start. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be confusing. You're going to get frustrated, but it gets easier as time goes on. So for beginners, just focus on tracking your intake each and every day, tracking your calories, and then I would say switch to macros. Um, again, my favorite tracking app is MyFitnessPal. I know a lot of people use my macros, but I think my MyFitnessPal is the best. So for calories... The other thing I don't, so my, my personal preference, the thing with calories is your calories could be composed of carbs and fats primarily and hardly any protein. Um, it doesn't show you the big picture calories. You could eat 1200 calories worth of fat. You could eat 1200 calories worth of, um, carbs. You could eat 2000 calories worth of protein. Like your just like tracking calories doesn't show you the whole breakdown of your intake. Whereas macros shows you where your intake is coming from. It shows you, Oh, like what are your ratios of carbs, proteins, and fats? Or, um, did this higher fat approach help you progress further? Or did this higher carb approach help you on a certain day? Or what about your protein? Cause females out there, I know that a lot of you are not consuming enough protein. And then once you start tracking, you're like, wow, that's a lot of protein. Um, a little coaching. I mean, I, I think you should be consuming around at least 0.8 per pound of body weight of protein. Um, I keep my clients at around 
one gram per pound of body weight or slightly more depending on if they're in a calorie deficit or not. But a lot of females, you know, you're only eating 40, 50 grams of protein and you wonder why you're having so many cravings and you feel hungry all the time. You're not consuming enough protein. And ladies out there, you will not be putting on muscle if you're not consuming enough protein. You need to be consuming it. And it doesn't have to be from animal sources. It can be from vegan sources. It doesn't matter. Protein's protein. Yeah, so protein doesn't like give you muscle. Like you still have to train in the gym to cause that stimulus for muscle growth. Um, are you sticking your tongue out at them? She's sticking her little tongue out at you guys. Put your tongue in your mouth. Rude. Courtney said, it would get me so full from my protein, but it helps so much at the end with gaining muscle. Yeah, so Courtney's done my Get Fit in 6 challenge, and her body composition changed drastically with consuming more protein, but also just, you know, feeling fuller. Um, protein is the hardest macro for your body to digest because it's very complex. Um, also, fats. Fats take a while for your body to digest. The quickest fasting... Um, excuse you, the, the quickest macro to digest is going to be carbohydrates. And the reason why is our body per, prefers running off of carbohydrates and sugar for energy, uh, whereas protein and fat, not so much. Okay, let's see the other questions that we were getting. So how, so how would I know when to do a carb refeed and how do I go about doing so? So refeeds are great when you're in a calorie deficit for a couple reasons. I recommend doing refeeds when you start to lose a good amount of weight and your calories are starting to get more towards the lower end. Um, I would say sub 1,700 calories for women and sub 1,900 calories, even 2,000 calories for men. You should do a refeed once a week. Um the lower your calories go, the more frequent refeeds you should be doing. Women will really benefit from doing a double refeed. And if some of you guys are logging in now wondering like, what the heck is a refeed? A refeed is when you have a day of eating higher, that's not a word, higher carbohydrates, whereas proteins and fats stay relatively the same. Um, the benefit of refeeds is they increase your energy. They help restore your leptin levels, which that's going to help with your satiety with food. Um, you look forward to them so they can help with adherence to your macros and just motivation to stick to a plan in general. They can help boost your workouts. They keep your hormones healthy. There's a lot of benefits to refeeds and plus they help keep your metabolism healthy. You can't constantly be cutting your calories lower and lower and lower and never have higher calorie days. And the thing with refeeds in comparison to cheat meals is it's structured and there's data behind it. Whereas with a cheat meal, it's just kind of like a free-for-all. And I think, well, personal pre personal preference and opinion, I don't think people do that well with cheat meals because I think that they lose control um, and they feel like they've always fallen off the wagon and then they tend to hyper-restrict the next day. I just think that they're a recipe for disaster. So my preference is a structured refeed. Um, that way you're going to have some data behind it and you're going to be able to refer back to, oh, how did 250 grams of carbohydrates make me feel or 300 grams of carbohydrates make me feel? Um, how is my performance in the gym? Did my weight go down? You have to, you have to have that data in place for yourself. 
Okay, Kim asked, can I carb cycle and reverse diet at the same time? Yeah, you can. Um, just as long as your average calories are going up each and every week and you're seeing the results that you're wanting to see with a refeed, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be losing weight. To, I'm sorry, with a reverse diet, it doesn't necessarily mean, mean you're going to be losing weight. Uh, the purpose of a reverse diet is to build up your metabolism, uh, build muscle, which muscle actually weighs something. So sometimes people gain weight in a reverse diet. Um, but your main priority with a reverse diet should not be to lose weight. Yeah, I definitely don't like cheat meals. I think so. There's a time to indulge too. Like I just competed in a bikini competition and I did indulge for um, a couple meals. I had like a date night and then I had a good dinner with some teammates. I indulged, but now I'm back on track. Um, I don't let my free meals kind of get away from me and make me, you know, go down the spiral of I'm just going to eat whatever I want for a week because the more days that you are kind of not sticking to your plan and you're not being consistent, that's when you're getting set up for a bad cycle. Um, have your indulgence, have your meal, have your refeed and move forward. Um, and if you're new to tracking, I really don't even think that you should be doing cheat meals yet because cheat meals, untracked meals, I, I just don't think you should. I think when you're first starting with tracking, you just need to get in the habit of tracking and that's going to take time. It, it's very time consuming too. When you first start, it's like you have to stop and scan and, and be more mindful of everything you're eating. It really will open up your eyes to how much food or even how little food you're eating um, and it just takes time to make it a habit. Is it possible to only gain muscle and not fat? Whenever you are gaining muscle, it is a tissue in the body and fat is going to accompany that tissue. Um, just like when you are, so we, you, you can gain fat cells and they can expand. Um, but when you're gaining muscle, a little bit of fat is going to come with that too. How do you figure out how much water to drink based off of your body weight? Oh, shoot. You're testing me here. I need to refer back to one of my exercise science uh, notebooks. I will say for my clients, I just have them shoot for a gallon of water a day. There is an actual formula for that. Um, I, I will be honest, I don't have it pulled up right now, but there is a formula on how much water you should be drinking a day. I will say though, good rule of thumb, when you're going to the bathroom, as long as your urine isn't like a bright yellow and a dark color, you know that you're hydrated. The more clear your urine is, that's a sign that you're hydrated. So I just would say stick to having clear pee and you're good to go. If it's dark, then you know you're dehydrated. Got me talking about water, making me thirsty, making hope thirsty too. Okay. Um, all right. So I wanted to open it up for you guys to ask questions in regards to calories versus macros and just macro tracking in general. Um, but in short, I will say when you're tracking your macros, don't look at the total calories because again, there are nutrition labeling errors just due to the rounding, due to the fiber thing, um, due to marketing or, you know, brands will want to round down for, um, diet based foods or round up if they're trying to make it look like it has more protein, whatever is a sexy trend <laughs> at the moment. Um, 
macros, it's going to take time for you to hit them, but the more you do it, the easier it's going to get. Don't give up. Um, <laughs> someone just said that their urine, BL Books said that their urine is crystal clear. That means they're very hydrated. Um, Jenny asked me tips on how to deal with reverse dieting. I'd like for you to elaborate a little bit on that, but with reverse dieting, you need to know that your goals have to switch. It has to go from trying to get as small as possible or diet, which I think everybody feels the need to diet and cut their calories and that if you're moving in the opposite direction that you're doing something wrong, but that's not right. You should not be chronically dieting year round. Um, Full disclosure, probably after this year of competing, I will take a year of reverse dieting and rebuilding my body and my metabolism. And that's the thing too. You will have a chronically low metabolism if you're always dieting. So with reverse dieting, you have to change your goals. Um, I would say set new weight lifting goals in the gym and also just embrace it and embrace the strength, embrace um, if you get more curves, embrace that because there's nothing wrong with eating more food. And if people are making comments on that and you not being on a diet, that's on them. I, I just think that we are stuck in the cycle of feeling the need to diet and cut our calories when in reality, you know, if you're wanting to build and change your physique, building requires calories to do so. Your body won't change by chronically eating um, below your maintenance level, which would be a deficit. Keeping my fats between 40 and 50 grams max, but feeling good. Do I need to bump it up? Um, if you feel good, then that's fine. As long as you're progressing towards your goal. I would just say don't ever go below 30 grams of fat ever, <laughs> especially for females. Uh, low fat diets can lead to dry hair, skin and nails, low libido, and even a loss of your period. Okay. Jenny said, like two extremes of dieting or eating like an ass. <laughs> like, I don't know how to tell the difference on YOLO or eating because I'm actually hungry. Sounds like you're having uh, issues with satiety. Um, I tell my clients to eat to an eight out of a 10. So when you're looking at your hunger and your satiety levels, you should look at it as a scale of one to 10. One being, I'm super hungry. I would eat anything like celery, dropping food on the floor. I would eat it or 10 being Thanksgiving dinner, I'm overly full. I recommend that you eat a seven to eight out of that scale. You should never be eating to an uncomfortable level and you should never let yourself get to a starvation level. Um, and it's going to take mindful practices. You're going to have to take your time while you're eating. You're going to have to drink at your meal. You're going to have to chew slowly. And if you find that you're chronically overeating or quote unquote eating like an ass, you probably have food temptations in your house that you're going to have to throw away and get rid of, which um, you can't see my trash right now, but I just threw away a bunch of cereal because I don't need it. It's not in alignment with my goals right now. Um, throw away the food. You don't need it. So when you're actually hungry, you'll know. You'll have brain fog. You'll, you might be a little bit shaky. You might feel a little bit weak. Um, usually have, people are hungry every three to four hours. That's a good rule of thumb. If you really have no hunger cues whatsoever due to prep, eat every three to four hours is a good rule of thumb. And also, um, Jenny, make sure you're spacing your protein throughout the day. If you are saving all your protein for the beginning of the day or the evening, that can throw you off as well. Protein is going to help with your satiety. 
how much protein should be consumed in one meal or can I eat half of my protein in one meal? If you eat half of your protein in one meal, odds are you are going to feel constipated. I would recommend that you split up your protein um, by how many meals you want in a day. So if you want four meals in a day, uh, take your total protein and divide it by four or simple math. If you eat five meals in a day and your protein goals is 100 grams of protein for the day, eat 20 grams of protein at each and every meal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you drop food on the floor, it at five second rule, right? How much protein should be consumed in one meal? Um, again, you know, I, I just recommend you divide it up. Personally, I like to consume roughly between 20 to 35 grams of protein per meal. It just varies a little bit. Yeah, when you're 12 days out, um, just make sure you have that post-show plan. Make sure you throw away any foods that are temptations to you. Uh, hoarding treats is the worst thing that you can do to set yourself up for a reverse diet. And my favorite quote that I always tell my clients is the food will always be there. The food will always be there. If it's something that you're really wanting, you will make it a priority and fit it into your macros. Um, and if your macros are really low to where you can't fit it in, it's not that you'll never have that food again. It's just that you won't have it right now. Uh, your goal post-show is to be to respect your body and get healthy. You've already demanded weeks and weeks of dieting out of it. So now you need to demand weeks and weeks of rebuilding and regrowth out of it. And that's going to take time. How tall are you? And if you have a wish to grow taller, how tall would you be? I'm 5'6", and I like my height. I really do. I remember when I was younger, I wanted to be like a runway model and be 5'9". I like 5'6". It's a good height. It's a little tall, actually, for a girl, but it's a good height. No complaints. Yeah, this year, Jenny, I recommend that you throw away all of your treats. Peanut butter is definitely something that I can't keep around. Love, love it way too much. You, you know, like high fats tend to be a big one that people will tend to overeat on. We all have different food temptations. It looks different for each and every person. But again, if you're not able to have like a whole jar of peanut butter, I recommend having serving size packets of peanut butter if that's something you want to incorporate or if you ever want that food just to not eat it alone, because a lot of times people lose control um, when they are alone. So by the single size, single, I'm sorry, single serving size of peanut butter or whatever it is. And um, don't just let yourself sit on the floor with a jar and a spoon. Measure it out, close it, call it a day. Alrighty, guys. So other than that, um, I think that is everything I wanted to cover in today's live. Again, if you have any other closing questions, feel free to ask them here. It is, I went to check my watch and I don't have it on, but it is July, July, July 8th. The Get Fit in Six Summer 2.0 Challenge is starting July 29th. If you guys are wanting to enroll into that challenge, feel free to check out the link in my Instagram bio to apply for the challenge where you will get more information on it. But there you will receive customized macros, which are custom by me. 
It's all based off of a questionnaire. You're getting a set weight training split. You're getting a cardio guide, an ab guide, access into my private Facebook community where you will be supported towards your goals. There's recipe ideas in there, private client lives. You can ask unlimited amount of questions. But the unique thing with the Get Fit in 6 challenge is you get a check-in at week three with progressions to your plan. So you're going to be holding yourself accountable with logging your intake each and every day. You're going to get all the tools on how to get started with macro tracking and how to track your training as well. It's just a great way to jumpstart your fitness goal. So again, if you guys want more information on that, check out the link in my Instagram bio. I'm going to go ahead and answer a handful more of questions and then I log on off for the night. Um, Paige said, if I could give a tip for fats, I did hard-boiled eggs so I wouldn't overdo it. Peanut butter is really hard if you don't have it in you mentally. I just switched to powdered peanut butter too. So I like the taste of peanut butter, but switching to a powdered peanut butter is lower in fat, and I find that um, it helps me. Have you had the Bomer Nutrition's almond butter? Yes. The lemon flavor and the apple flavor, and we are going to be coming out with more flavors of it. It's really good. It's a smooth texture. It's not thick. It doesn't have chunks in it. Um, I ate that backstage on my rice cakes, and that was a good treat. But anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's Macro Monday. I hope you all enjoyed seeing Little Miss Hope, who is not so little anymore. Again, if you have more questions in regards to my training and my coaching services, check out the link in my Instagram bio. This episode will be posted on Beyond the Bikini Radio too. So if you missed that, if you're not able to watch this live, check out that podcast. But have a good night, everyone, and I will see you in the next one. Have you ever wanted to jumpstart your fitness goals, but you have no idea where to start? That's why I developed the Get Fit in Six Challenge. I started this challenge in 2019, ran a spring challenge as well, and it has been thriving and just like my clients who participate. What's the Get Fit in Six? It's a challenge where you're provided with customized macros, cardio recommendations, you get group support and a private Facebook community, a workout split that will keep you progressing and in the gym five times a week, and also a private check-in with me at week three with progressions to your plan. I developed the Get Fit in six because I understand that not everybody has the availability to check in weekly or even the finances to do so. So let me ask you, are you ready to get fit? And if you are, check out the description. Hey guys, on the Beyond the Bikini podcast, you know I talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be hard to hit the gym consistently, track your macros to a T, and feel like you're making progress. So rather you're a newbie in the gym or someone who's been hitting the gym consistently but possibly hit a plateau, then I recommend you check out my one-on-one coaching. No, I do not only coach prep clients, but I coach lifestyle clients as well. I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals.